The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So before we start with our guest, Peter Shelley, I want to mention that we have added, or at least the folks at GCN have added another station to our network, KDWN, KDON. They're on 720 AM and HD3 on 101.5 FM. HD3, by the way, is if you have high-definition radio. It gets confusing. That's Channel 3 there. Or KDON at 7.20 a.m. But we're heard, apparently, through Las Vegas, Bullhead City, St. George, and Nevada, and Utah. So welcome aboard KDON. We're happy to have you on. Our guest, Peter Shelley has had an interesting journey through the world of the paranormal. We all have our journeys. And he goes back a few years in following this. And he has a very interesting background, too, that's led him from San Jose, where he knew the way, all over to South America. Peter, welcome to the Paracast. I'm really, really interested in how you got from there to here. So... From California, how did you get through this journey? Which includes, by the way, a comic artist for cartoon animation on TV. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Gene, Tim, hi. I, I want to really uh, give you a big thanks for inviting me to your show. Uh, it's really an honor, a privilege. And uh, I'm very enthusiastic about talking to you both um, and love to share uh, some of the things that I've experienced and, and uh, researched. Well, uh, I can start off uh, with my birth. I was born in San Jose, California on July 25th, 1957. And uh, so I'm uh, actually uh, born of the space age. And at that time, as, as both of you are aware, growing up in the early 60s, there was a... Uh, a monster craze. The monsters were everywhere in the media, in toys, in TV, uh, magazines like Famous Monsters magazine. That was uh, something I used to read. Uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland. Let me say something before yeah. we go on. Forrest J. Ackerman was the editor. Jim Warren was the publisher. And sometime in the mid-60s, they decided to have a special offer where Forrest Ackerman very well known, by the way, in sci-fi circles and horror film circles, would be traveling around the country and have lunch with readers around the country. How do you get on the list? 
you had to write a letter. Now, I wrote a letter. I think I was like 18 years old at the time. And they write back saying, yes, he's coming to your house. And so we set up like a recording studio where I had two tape recorders, mics, a mixer, and they had several of the guests who joined me. And we did like an hour or two with Forey Ackerman. He showed off his Bella Lugosi Dracula ring, gave us all sorts of stories. Really nice guy, met him a few times after that. But the only problem we had with Famous Monsters is it started out to be a real serious publication on horror films in the cinema. And that became very silly and jokey. Do you remember that, Peter? Yeah, uh, I prefer the earlier version of uh, Famous Monsters in the 60s, early 60s. Um, and uh, yeah, I actually met uh, Fari Ackerman myself. I went to his house and had lunch with him because my dad had made a uh, Robbie the Robot sculpture and presented him with one. And uh, that's how I met him. But yeah, Famous Monsters... Uh, at the end, uh, I didn't care too much for, but that was one of my early influences. Also, do you remember the Aurora model kits of the Universal Movie Monsters? Frankenstein, uh, Wolfman, Mummy, Dracula. Yeah, that was uh, something I got into, had those kits. And uh, a big influence on me, too, was the Outer Limits, the original Outer Limits, outstanding TV show, absolutely uh, amazing. And and years later, in 72, I wound up meeting the creator, Leslie Stevens. I, I went to the uh, first annual fantasy film and science fiction film convention in uh, L.A. in 72, and I uh, met him. And they had a scenario where you could have dinner with a uh, favorite celebrity. And I had dinner with Leslie Stevens and we talked about Outer Limits. And um, anyway, that was one of my f influences, my favorites. And then that got me into UFOs. I started reading books. Uh, for example, maybe an early book that I read was uh, Flying Saucers and the Three Men. Oh boy. Albert K. Bender. Published by Gray time. Barker. Yeah, and that, and that totally creeped me out as a kid. Oh, that book scared me. The Men in Black and uh, that whole story. Wow. And that was an influence on me. And then also, I remember reading a book that came out in 67, Flying Saucer Occupants by uh, Coral Lorenzen. That I, I uh, vividly remember. And, um, you know, I wanted to mention um, the auto binder books that you we talked about uh, offline that are in my photo. Uh, there's two paperbacks I'm holding up. These were uh, UFO uh, fiction novels by uh, Yando Binder or Auto Binder. And... The books are Menace of the Saucers and Night of the Saucers. And what I wanted to mention about that, and you have a story about meeting him, um, 
is that um, the second book, I have a little information on the second book. Now, these basically were novels about um, a human being encountering aliens, um, good aliens, and uh, sinister aliens. And, and both novels had different groups of aliens in them. Uh, the first one, Menace of the Saucers, had the villains as the uh, Morleans, which were pretty much human in appearance. Now, what's interesting about it, the second novel, Night of the Saucers, was that the aliens, a different group, the Vexens, uh, were based on uh, actual South American humanoid reports. Do you remember the South American humanoid reports of a uh, unique type of uh, creature, a, a, a hairy dwarf? We've covered yeah. a more recent set of sightings in South America, in Virginia, Brazil, where these were shiny gray aliens seen in connection with the UFO crash. Just by the way, Iando Binder was the name of Earl and Otto Binder. They were brothers. Yeah, and, the, the writing team. Yeah, Sure. And then Otto wrote some serious factual books about UFOs that we'll talk about. So you had an interesting start here looking at the flying saucer mystery from the point of view of not very pretty creatures like Coral Lorenzen's book. And we should point out to listeners, Coral and her husband, Jim, were the heads of APRO, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. And unlike their competing organization, NICAP, from Major Kehoe, they very much investigated and took seriously occupant sightings and with a high focus on events in South America. Very interesting people. I met Coral once, but not in a very pleasant or happy way. She could be a crusty lady, to be very blunt about it. We'll have more to come. Peter Shelley, been around the UFO game for a number of years, and we look forward to more of his viewpoints with Tim Swartz and Gene Steinberger in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience, so I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer. Five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, 
Five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so you met the guy who was a producer of The Outer Limits. There's nothing wrong with your television set. We are controlling transmission, but we're not on TV. And the reason is I have a face for radio. Peter Shelley is our guest telling us about his history in the UFO field. Go on, please. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, l- a few years in the future, but I can um, finish that story a little bit. Yeah, Leslie Stevens, at that time it was 1972, Outer Limits had already finished production. However, I was very excited to learn that Leslie Stevens was planning to make Outer Limits full big screen theatrical motion pictures for the cinema. And, oh, that was a thrill to hear that. He even had the, he told me about the plot for his proposed movie. And uh, unfortunately, it was never produced. He was going to have, just to give you a brief idea, um, the unproduced 
concept was going to start in an atomic cloud chamber in a laboratory, uh, in a scientific laboratory, in a cloud, atomic cloud chamber. These uh, microscopic particles would uh, break out of the cloud chamber and turn into giant UFOs that would invade our world. That was the beginning of the concept. Uh, unfortunately, it was never produced. Now, what's interesting, a little add-on to that, is that at the same time, he told me that his partner on The Outer Limits, uh, Joseph Stefano, the um, author of the screenplay for Psycho, was pitching his own version of an Outer Limits uh, feature film to studios. But it would have been a different concept. It would have been... Do you remember Shape of Shape of Forms Unknown, one of the episodes of the original show? Anyway, it was a feature film based on that, a, an enlargement of that story. Anyway, that was a thrill to, uh, to meet him. And unfortunately, I, I didn't arrange to keep in contact with him, which was a big error. Anyway... Uh, I want to go back a few years to uh, 1969 uh, because that's the year that I had my uh, childhood experience. Now, to give you an idea of where I was living, I was living in walking distance of the uh, Ro Rosicrucian World Headquarters in San Jose. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. And then as a kid, I loved to go there because they had this fantastic complex that was a, a replica of an ancient ancient Egyptian temples, statues. Uh, they had a reconstruction of an ancient Egyptian tomb. As a kid, I just went crazy for ancient Egypt. That was a big passion of mine. And that was um, in walking distance from my house. My house was a uh, two-story old Victorian house, very tall and surrounded by trees. Uh, there was a fence on one side. And this, excuse me, this experience started was uh, on November 13th, 1969. And it was a little bit after uh, 9 p.m. I was on my back porch with my cat and uh, just kind of looking up at the sky. I was facing the Santa Cruz Mountains, like towards the ocean. Suddenly I became, and to the right was my yard. I had a fairly big yard and there was a fence and uh, tree, high, tall trees. Um, suddenly, I became aware of something, sent something on my right. And I turned to look, and I saw this lime green, lotion-shaped light, neon brilliant, in my backyard. It was about six feet off the ground. It was not in the sky. This was six feet off the ground within my yard, and behind the object were the trees. So um, uh, now this object um, was absolutely silent. It, it was lime green. It had fuzzy edges. Uh, there was no sound. I looked at it, and then, and just a moment later, it just took off uh, into the sky, 
and shot in the direction of the Santa Cruz Mountains. And the Santa Cruz Mountains, from where I was, from my house, 21 miles. It spanned that distance in like seven seconds. It shot over the mountains and disappeared behind the mountains. And as it did, the, the glow from it illuminated the underside of the clouds. And the whole experience, no sound. I, I wasn't scared. I was super excited. I was jumping up and down. I was screaming, I saw a UFO. I saw a UFO. And uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was just, it was a, a gigantic thrill. And I ran into my house screaming this. And uh, uh, oddly, I had an impulse, I don't know why, I had an impulse suddenly to call Vanden, Vandenberg Air Force Base. And I did. And I called them and I asked them, um, had they launched any rockets? Which, of course, is totally ridiculous. In hindsight, there, there could have been no connection because this object was near the ground and Vandenberg Air Force Base is not going to launch a rocket from my backyard. <laughs> and so that's absurd. Um, and the other thing that was really strange is that I never encountered my family. I had no memory of encountering my family, talking to them, which I would have, or seeing them at all that night, or talking to them later about it. Um, to this day, that event is a total mystery to me. Uh, I've never encountered anyone else who, who uh, saw that object. Uh, I did report it to New Fork, so it's in their, their uh, system. And um, my impression was it was something uh, definitely out of this world. Uh, now, I have told people about this. Um, one person offered the speculation that it was an Earth light. Uh, well, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. I don't see how it could have been an Earth light. Uh, Earth light is not going to have that kind of uh, a flight characteristics, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, that was my childhood experience. And up to that point, I had been reading lots of material on UFOs. I don't deny that. Now, also odd was that this object did not illuminate my backyard. Before we return to your backyard, we'll go to Peter's backyard in a moment. We're going to visit another backyard right now for a few moments. Then we'll return with Gene and Tim and Peter. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. 
Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA News Update. More classified documents have been discovered at President Biden's Delaware home. Biden's personal attorney says they were found on Friday during a search by the Department of Justice. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain is expected to step down in the coming weeks. New York Times reports the veteran political consultant's resignation would be the biggest staffing shakeup the Biden administration has seen since taking over the White House two years ago. Ukrainian President Zelensky is honoring the victims of this week's deadly helicopter crash in Kyiv during a memorial service held on Saturday. Zelensky personally spoke with relatives of seven of the 14 victims killed in the crash. NFL playoffs. The Eagles crushed the Giants 38-7, setting up a date for them in the NFC Championship game next weekend. In the AFC, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. They'll face the winner of Sunday's Cincinnati-Buffalo matchup. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Leader Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Return with us now to the 1960s and Peter Shelley's Backyard. 
where strange things occur. Is that a good introduction, Peter? Sure. Um, yeah. Now, following that, I was inspired to read more, uh, and I did contact the Ivan T. Sanderson Organization, Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained. I uh, subscribed to their publication, and uh, I think it was called Pursuit, if I recall. And, you got uh, it, yes. And um, that was another influence on me. Um, and at that time, I didn't consider, you know, oh, I could become a, an investigator or anything like that. I just ma- maintained reading material and... Um, and that magazine I got for several years, uh, and which covered not just UFOs, of course, but the whole range of paranormal phenomena. Um, I remember reading some of his books, Sanderson's books, Invisible Residence. That was uh, something that I that impressed me. If I recall correctly, dealing with the uh, presence in the oceans. Yes, that's correct. He did go for the living ufo theory too um i you know i'd like to reread those those books so i can refresh my memory yeah that i i seem to identify with uh wasn't there another researcher constable yes trevor james the, constable uh, proponent yeah of the the living like amoebas flying around type idea um giant amoebas he wrote a book I read many, many, low these many years ago called They Live in the Sky about this amoeba theory. Of course, we also have sci-fi stories about living spaceships like, for example, Farscape. Yeah, I'm open to all these uh, ideas. It's a possibility. Um, but that experience totally convinced me that, you know, there is a real phenomena that is uh, of a uh, unexplained nature. Um, you know, now it's popular to to uh, consider, you know, uh, military secret projects, hoaxes, you know, you name it. Um, a lot of these ideas were present then, of course, too, you know. Um, but um, after that, uh, I uh, now while I was a child, I. Um, had kind of a lonely existence because uh, prior to San Jose, I was living in Los Gatos on a mountain. <laughs> and my dad was an art teacher, and he used to bring me uh, stacks of paper to draw on. And that was uh, something that I worked on drawing and drawing and drawing incessantly. And this ties in with my later uh, experience in the film business, is that when I was a kid, I used to draw not just isolated pictures. I would draw a series of drawings to tell a story, like an investigation of an Egyptian tomb, um, uh, a battle in a civil war, whatever, Uh, but a sequence of drawings like a movie. So um, I think that was an influence, and that turned into my interest in film production, and later I got involved in animation. Uh, after high school, I decided, or when I was still in high school, I decided I wanted to be a movie producer. No question, ifs or buts, 
And of course, we, we can see that I'm on course now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I wanted to be a film producer. So after graduating high school, I attended a private film school in Half Moon Bay. Doesn't exist anymore. We learned 16 millimeter uh, film production. This was before video cameras were available easily. Um, and then before I finished the film school, I got a job in cartoon animation as an artist. I moved to L.A. and I worked at a company called Animation Filmmakers Corporation. Now, this company was originally known as Cambria Studios, most famous as the producers of Clutch Cargo. Do you remember that? And Space Angel. And Space Angel, yeah, among yes. others. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Clutch Cargo was an early, for those who don't know, an early 1960s, well, late 50s, early 60s cartoon with very limited animation, but they had a process to use superimpose real human mouths, lips, uh, for the uh, cartoon characters. Um, that was their trademark. So... While I was there, I was. They were attempting to um, make a comeback. That was in the '60s. So in 1978, uh, they hired me to work on uh, a project called Star Force. And of course, at that time, as we know, everybody was trying to imitate Star Wars. Um, that was the big thing then, you know, imitating Star Wars. And this was also kind of an imitation of Star Wars called Star Force. Um, they, we produced a pilot. Uh, the pilot did not sell. Uh, so uh, I heard that uh, Hanna-Barbera was hiring for the uh, Godzilla Power Hour, which was a uh, animated cartoon version of the uh, mo Japanese monster, Godzilla. So I went there, showed them my portfolio. Uh, and Doug Wildey hired me on the spot. Doug Wildey, I want to share with everybody, I have a lot of respect for. He is one of my all-time heroes in animation. He was the creator of the original Johnny Quest, which in my opinion was the greatest adventure cartoon ever produced. It was absolutely brilliant. So at that time, he was the producer I have uh, overall director of the Godzilla Power Hour. And what I did at Hanna-Barbera is that um, I was hired. They wanted me specifically to work on the hardware, which would be needed for a specific show. So, for example, I was given an outline of an episode of Godzilla before they even wrote the script. Just an outline, and I would pick out the hardware like uh, a vehicle or a weapon or a machine. And they wanted me to design those elements so that they'd be ready, you know, when everything else was, was ready to go. And um, so um, I also worked on another series called Janna of the Jungle. Uh, that was interesting because I had a... Uh, now, Doug Wiley was a New Yorker. He was uh, from uh, Yonkers. And uh, Doug Wiley used to talk to me like, uh, like this. Uh, Pete, uh, you're doing your own thing again, huh? 
So he'd, he'd walk around the studio and see what people were drawing, and he'd make usually negative comments that everybody could hear. That voice uh, you're giving us, he sounds like a gangster. Uh, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, that was uh, his, uh, his uh, natural voice uh, from my Yonkers. And, uh, boy, was, uh, was he rude when he wanted to be. Anyway, um, he made some kind of rude comment behind my back, like I'm doing my own thing. I was working on a drawing of a jet and drawing like a close-up of the cockpit with the uh, detail on it. And he told me to go get some scrap on it. He didn't like it. And scrap, what that is, is his expression for reference material. Doug Wiley had, uh, of course, this was before home computers. He had uh, like cabinets full of movie photo still photographs that he used for reference, drawing every different position of the human body. Before so, we go on to the secrets of animation, this is limited animation, isn't it? We've got Peter and Gene and Tim, you're in. Yeah, the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We know that Tim Swartz will never be like Mel Blanc. Now, I was going to ask you here, Peter, when you went to work with Hanna-Barbera and everything, they were doing what they call limited animation, where they don't have as many scenes, many screens for each second. So it's jerkier. It's not as smooth as, say, a Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it wasn't full animation. But um, the thing that kind of bothered me is that they, you know, they this was on film. They produced on film for the network and uh i would go to the screenings to see you know what this stuff actually looked like before it was aired and they left in all their mistakes i couldn't believe it they edited they didn't edit them out and on the big screen you can really see the mistakes for example another i worked on godzilla power hour jenna of the jungle uh and a challenge of the super friends, which involved the DC superheroes. Like, for example, I designed the new Batcopter. Anyway, at one point, there's a scene with um, the with Wonder Woman talking. She's in her, um, she's talking to Aquaman. And the dialogue is flipped. You'll hear, you know, uh, Wonder Woman uh, talking, but uh, you see Aquaman's lips moving. So they had uh, fouled that up. It and sounds another, like they had a personality flip. And then another point, you know, 
with the, with the traditional animation, you're using transparent pla uh, cells. Uh, you're painting on cells, you know, the, the image, and they have various layers of cells to produce the animation. So in this particular example, there's Wonder Woman, and the uh, lower portion uh, was a different cell. Well, the cameraman uh, forgot to put the cell back when he exposed the frames. And so for a couple of seconds, you see Wonder Woman's the lower half of her body disappear. And then a couple of seconds later, it reappears. And that's not part of the story. <laughs> so, but they didn't cut that stuff out. They left the mistakes in. And I think I asked them about that. And they said, oh, the kids will never notice. <laughs> right? Because people didn't have big, scr big uh, screens then. But the uh, kids, you know, the kids had pretty, pretty observant eyes. And I suspect at least some of them must have noticed. Uh, uh, well, I never heard about it. Uh, just one other point I, I wanted to mention uh, on Jenna the Jungle, which was basically a female Tarzan character that Doug Wildey created. Um, he, uh, because of his negative comment about the jet that I did in uh, Godzilla, which I fixed, animation studios are supposed to have a good reference library. Hanna-Barbera had a pathetic reference library, you know, books that you could, you know, draw from, references and so forth. They had a terrible reference library. I mean, it was tiny. It was pathetic. And uh, so I went um, to uh, uh, Larry's, um, Larry Edmonds' um, cinema shop. If I'm getting the name right, anyway, Larry Edmonds was the first part. And this is a guy who sold movie posters, stills, all of that to collectors. Okay, I went there and I got every photo I could from the movie, the Humphrey Bogart movie, African Queen. Because uh, they wanted me to create the boat that is seen in uh, Jenna the Jungle. So I said, I'm going to, since Doug Wiley is a stickler for detail, I'm just going to copy that boat. In African Queen. So the African Queen had this dilapidated um, uh, boat uh, that Humphrey Bogart operates, and I just copied it uh, um, uh, from the photographs. And when I showed the results to Doug Wiley, he didn't, he was absolutely silent. No, no critical comments at all. <laughs> so, um, now, Hanna-Barbera, only one other thing I could say about Hanna-Barbera is that at that time, 1978, uh, they were trying to uh, cut costs. And they were sending animation, setting up operations in other countries, for example, Australia, Taiwan. We had a union. We had a strike. But the union was not able to stop the overseas work. So there was a lot of problems. In that regard, you know, um, continuous employment. Um, so that was uh, not uh, a good development. But um, uh, I guess uh, now at this point, I had the idea to produce my own uh, TV show. That's a long story. But the short version is I moved to London, England. I lived there for two years. 
produced a short film that was intended kind of like a pilot using puppets, actually. Uh, and it didn't sell. I wasn't able to go do, do anything with it. And um, after two years, uh, I, I, um, I returned to the United States. And for the rest of my life story, we have to uh, jump ahead. Uh, several decades to uh, 2007. And uh, that's when I got the idea to uh, move to Colombia, which is where I live now, uh, to teach English. That's a pretty, pretty big jump. Well, many years, yeah. And uh, I didn't want to bore people with everything I did in between, but... Um, so do you want me to go into why I moved to Columbia? I think our listeners would be interested before we focus back on the UFOs and the paranormal. Sure. You know, you don't have to spend a long time on it, but maybe An hour for on a couple it? of minutes, yeah. six hours, maybe that's about it. <laughs> yeah. The short version is, yeah. Like bearing in mind, I already had the experience of two years living in England, um, and part of that was a fantasy that England was superior. Uh, I was very interested in some productions that were done in England in the 1960s, primarily uh, TV shows such as Thunderbirds, mm. Barbell XL5. These were science fiction programs produced with puppets by Jerry, and Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. This was something I was interested in getting involved with. Uh, at the time I was there in England, uh, they were not producing that, those kinds of programs, so I thought I could continue, but using new technology. Anyway, that scenario didn't work out, so we're jumping ahead a number of years. Um, in 2005, I think, uh, I had uh, been in contact with a Colombian woman. It was a romantic contact, I admit it. Uh, it didn't work out, and but then I thought, well, maybe if I lived in Colombia, maybe I could meet the right woman. Um, 2006, my dad died. He had been sick for a long time. Now, my dad was interesting because he was an artist, an art teacher. He had his own TV show in 1957. I'm jumping back in time, but in San Francisco, KQED Channel 9, uh, he was the host and creator of Paper Capers, which was a uh, weekly uh, educational art show. And he gave uh, art demonstrations and paper sculpture and uh, interviewed local artists. Anyway, in 2006, he passed away uh, after a long illness. And there was no reason for me to uh, stay in the Bay Area. Uh, frankly, I was kind of depressed. Uh, and I decided, oh, I'm going to try living in Columbia. I'll get a job there teaching English and see what happens. And that's what I did. I got a job. And um, then I started to listen to all of the UFO and paranormal podcasts. Now, okay, why Columbia? A little uh, extra note on that. Um, you don't have to have a teaching credential here. 
uh, anybody can come go to Columbia and get a job at a private school. University, probably a different story, but there are many, many private schools here that teach English. So it's, it's very easy for Americans especially. That almost mirrors the experience of my son Grayson in Madrid. But I'll tell you that in a moment. We've got Peter and Tim and Gene, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, my son Grayson moved to Madrid in 2008. And the way it was set up, he wasn't, I guess, a full-fledged teacher. He was like a substitute or something. He had a degree, but it was in journalism, political science with a minor in Spanish. Eventually, he did get an advanced degree in Madrid for a lot less than it would cost to do so in America. But that's his route. He currently does multimedia. He gave up on the teaching after about 12 years of it. Go ahead, please, Peter. Okay, well, um, I'm in Colombia, and but I'm listening to all the English-language UFO and paranormal podcasts, including the Paracast. I was a weekly uh, listener. I was also um, a regular listener to uh, the Kevin Smith show, 
uh, Jerry Pippen. I listened to a lot of shows beyond that. And I got to a point, though, that I was uh, I was turned off by not your show, of course, which is excellent, uh, but uh, by other shows, many that had unprofessional quality, uh, goofball attitudes, and superficial treatment. So ultimately, I decided the only solution for me was to create my own show. And my other thought was, why don't we hear more about you know what's happening outside of the United States? Why is it is it only information from the United States, or primarily? And uh, another aspect was there already a zillion, a zillion UFO and paranormal podcasts covering information from the United States. So I thought I'll focus on international interviews. And how could I do this? I didn't have any contacts. So I got the idea to contact two people, Klaus Schwann in Sweden and A.J. Gavard in Brazil. Funny you should mention their names, of course, A.J. We lost them just a few weeks back. But we had both Klaus and A.J. on the Paracast over the years. Really, really interesting guests. And as you say, when you look at UFOs outside of the U.S., you find that what's going on is much more interesting. We're kind of constricted here. You learn a lot more about what's going on when you look at the wider picture. But I think that's also true about news. Do you want to know what's going on in the world? Don't just concentrate on the U.S. media. Look at English language or whatever languages you speak, English language sites in other parts of the world. Yeah, and another thing is that, and I think we can all appreciate this because we've all been... Uh, reading and studying and researching these UFO topics for years and years and years. You know, we've heard all the cases in the United States. We've heard all the information, and it's just kind of a, a lot of repetition. We want new information. So anyway, I, what I decided to do, I figured Klaus Schwann and A.J. Gavard get a million emails a day, minimum. So I'm going to, how can I send I'm going to send them postal letters through the mail, the old-fashioned way, and maybe I would stand out and they would respond. I was very disappointed that I never got a response from A.J. Gavard. And this was doubly disappointing because I had actually seen him in person at the Bay Area UFO Expo about 2002. He gave a talk about the cases in Brazil, and I was fascinated. Unfortunately, I never got a reply from him. Only Klaus Schwann responded. And so I explained to him that I wanted to do a podcast interviewing UFO and paranormal researchers outside of the United States. And he agreed to help. And I was so thankful. He really helped me start this whole project. And I'm really indebted to him. He has helped me a lot with guests, uh, referring me to guests. And then after months, I was trying to come up with a name for the show. After months of investigating names for my show, I came up with Shadowy Spectrums, which is a YouTube program, podcast. And the name is purposely nebulous because I wanted to be able to cover not only UFOs, which is what I'm my number one interest, but other fantastic mysteries. And... In 2020, I started the uh, Shadowy Spectrums podcast, and my first interview was Klaus Schwann. And 
At that time, he was the inter international director for UFO Sweden and chairman of AFU, Archives for the Unexplained. He had just written a book, and yeah, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into my interview with him, because you, I think you've covered some of his material. I think the highlight of what we talked about, of course, was the uh, Ghost Rockets of 1946. Now, I, we did go into depth on that. Hopefully, uh, people are aware of this case, uh, or this, uh, well, it was like a series of sightings in Sweden in 1946. The Ghost Rockets of 1946. Now, there were numerous sightings, just a basic concept, there were numerous sightings of rocket-like objects over Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. And, of course, this was after World War II. One of the odd details, the objects never crashed on land, only in lakes. And lakes were, and these lakes where they, where they crashed were extensively searched by the military and nothing was found absolutely nothing and did you go into detail on that when you interviewed him we're talking about quite a few years ago nearly 1000 uh, radio shows so i okay, would be sorry about that no apologies are necessary okay well i think i did go into this in more detail than most other shows that he has done. Now, the object, what are we talking about? Rockets. Well, the visual effect of these objects was similar to the World War II German uh, V-1 rockets. And, but there was, you know, you know, some variation in the fine details. Now, the objects did not have any visible markings. Uh, they, um, and they and they never struck land. Uh, the 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 odd detail of only in lakes where they did they crash. Now, what's interesting, I discovered the phenomena did not cease in 1946. Uh, there had been a number of spectacular incidents of ghost rockets crashing into lakes in 1948. Uh, for example, a a ghost rocket crashed into a lake. And the primary witness was a Swedish general. He had a house on the lake, and he witnessed this actually happening in front of his eyes in 1948. And then in, uh, there was another uh, event in 1980 where uh, a couple was hiking in Sweden, and this uh, ghost rocket crashed right in front of them in a lake, and there was some maneuvering of the object before it crashed into the lake. And Klaus Schwann has, uh, is in the process of uh, mounting um, expeditions to see if he can recover this object. He has used technology to scan the lake bed and has detected some anomalous uh, object there. So he is uh, planning to uh, pursue that. So that was in 1980, and there was another spectacular event in 1999. A ghost rocket crashed in the lake. There were many witnesses. Uh, the military uh, closed off the area, and uh, there was no information released. And 
you know, it's still a mystery to this day, and there are occasional further reports. Now, what's the big deal about ghost rockets? Oh, they were just uh, German technology captured by the Russians, and the Russians were, were shooting them off, experimenting. Well, it's not as simple as that, because in World War II, German V1s, V2s crashed in Sweden, and they crashed on land, and debris was covered. Not a single ghost rocket crashed on land. Let's continue with Peter and Gene and Tim. You're in the Pentecost. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. 
The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We explore ghost rockets. Sounds like a song, Ghost Riders in the Sky. Ghost rockets in, no, forget about it. Peter, Gene, and Tim, what's going on, Peter? Yeah. Now, I was researching and preparing for the interview. I was researching whatever information I can find uh, about the Ghost Rockets and also the German V-1 rockets, which they most resembled. And I made an interesting discovery. It was interesting to me that the United States, at the end of World War II, or close to the end of World War II, we were still fighting Japan, uh, the United States produced thousands, mass-produced thousands of uh, uh, copies of the German V-1. And do you know why? Lay it on me. Okay. At that time, uh, the United States was planning, uh, projected to uh, invade Japan. There was a massive invasion of Japan planned called Operation Downfall. These uh, copies of the German V-1 were mass-produced in preparation for that invasion. They were going to launch these uh, at Japan uh, prior to uh, to ground troops. Um, and, of course, uh, we know what happened. Uh, the atomic bomb was dropped and the, opera- the invasion was canceled. Uh, incidentally, my father, at the end of World War II, he was in the Navy, was being was being trained for the this invasion, which never happened. Um, now, I mentioned this to Klaus in our interview, and he didn't think there was any connection. But I was never able to discover what happened to those thousands of copies of the V-1 that the United States had. You know, uh, my speculation was that maybe those were the ghost rockets. Anyway, following this, Klaus suggested... I interview his contact in Spain, which ties into uh, the story about your son living in Spain. Um, the uh, first contact um, didn't want to be interviewed, and he and he was a friend. Uh, he was a close friend of Klaus, a top researcher in Spain. Now, this is I just want to mention that I've had it more difficulty than I ever imagined interviewing people overseas. Um, 
I don't know why it is, but I tend to get like three contacts in a specific country. I work with one maybe for a year and they cancel and then I get another contact and they do it. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. Uh, that's why I guess we have so many American interviews because Americans are more open to being interviewed. Maybe Europeans are more cautious, suspicious of Americans. I don't know what it is. And of course, there's a language issue uh, in many cases. Um, but anyway, uh, Klaus gave me another contact in Spain, uh, which turned out to be a fantastic, another fantastic interview. Uh, Luis R. Gonzalez in Spain. And uh, maybe he's uh, a neighbor uh, with your son there in Madrid. Um, now, Luis R. Gonzalez, um, he is known as a as a skeptic. Uh, he, now, he has uh, written articles about uh, Spanish ufology. Um, I want to mention that he has also written a novel, which you can get at Amazon, a uh, second edition of Humo, Historia de Uno Obsession. Now, that was the highlight of our inter interview uh, the Umo Affair. Uh, now, this was, I think, uh, one of the most famous cases in Spain. Uh, and uh, it is believed to be by serious uh, Spanish ufologists to be a hoax. Uh, my conclusion is the same. And actually, I would go further and say that the Umo Affair in my opinion, is the most complex uh, UFO hoax in history. So uh, let me just go to um, 1960s, early 1960s Madrid. Uh, the location is a cafe called Baina Alegre, uh, in English, the Joyful uh, Whale. Now, this was a basement a large basement in the uh, Lyon Cafe. Why is that significant? Well, meetings were held here to discuss UFOs, contactees. Uh, the leader of these talks was Fernando Sesma. Now, Sesma was known because he had published uh, very early articles about George Adamski in the Spanish press. And he had formed a group called Society of friends of the space visitors. Um, so they would meet and discuss uh, this information. Sesma received a postal letter, a mysterious postal letter, containing what appeared to be extreme advanced scientific information. Uh, very advanced. Um, and the letter claimed to have come from representatives of a planet called Umo. And that was the beginning of this um, Umo affair. Uh, and over time, more letters were received. And they were uh, giving all kinds of scientific information. Uh, and at the end of these letters, these letters were arrived through the Postal Service. They were typewritten. 
uh, and they came from um, addresses all over the the planet, other countries, uh, unknown sources, uh, and uh, I don't know any any questions at this point. I, I seem to be uh, giving a lecture. <laughs> Uh, hopefully uh, not. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Keep going. The uh, the 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 UMO uh, situation is an extremely fascinating uh, part of UFO history. <laughs> and I don't know if most uh, Americans who are into UFOs have heard about this case. Um, now, I think most people and that have studied UFOs, maybe they're not familiar with the details of this case. But um, they have seen photos. Now, these photos are, show a disc-shaped object, uh, which kind of has the appearance of a Frisbee. But it has, they have gigantic symbols on these uh, discs. Are, are, and the symbol, um, the UMO symbol, uh, appears, it's kind of like an H with another line in the middle. And but the sides are curved out. I was going to say something silly about lines in the sand, but I don't want to do that because that would be denigrating people. We're learning more about sightings that maybe a lot of our listeners haven't heard about. We have Peter Shelley, who does a show focusing on sightings outside the U.S. with Tim Swartz and Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA News Update. More classified documents have been discovered at President Biden's Delaware home. Biden's personal attorney says they were found on Friday during a search by the Department of Justice. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain is expected to step down in the coming weeks. New York Times reports the veteran political consultant's resignation would be the biggest staffing shakeup the Biden administration has seen since taking over the White House two years ago. Ukrainian President Zelensky is honoring the victims of this week's deadly helicopter crash in Kyiv. During a memorial service held on Saturday, Zelensky personally spoke with relatives of seven of the 14 victims killed in the crash. 
NFL playoffs, the Eagles crushed the Giants 38-7, setting up a date for them in the NFC Championship game next weekend. In the AFC, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. They'll face the winner of Sunday's Cincinnati-Buffalo matchup. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatment, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Peter, you can continue with the details of the sighting you're talking about. Okay, so that this um, this gentleman, uh, Fernando Sesma in Madrid, Spain, is is getting getting these letters, and um, now these letters, okay, are typewritten. And at the end, they have the UMO symbol, a stamp with a big UMO symbol. Now, what is, what is, of course, you know, he doesn't automatically believe these letters. He's skeptical. Uh, now these letters have uh, details that are kind of suspicious, like, you know, typewritten. Now, why would extraterrestrials produce typewritten letters? And on top of that, there are mistakes, typos. There are grammatical errors. There's uh, margin errors, and um, in most of these letters, the uh, author, uh, the UMO uh, entities are saying, uh, don't believe us. It'd be a good idea not to believe us. Okay, um, so various UFO researchers are starting to receive these letters. Some believe them. Some think that they're absurd. Then they're also 
Um, people are getting phone calls. Um, uh, Fernando Sesma receives a phone call. And the uh, phone call is in a robotic voice, uh, which sounds like an um, artificial larynx effect, if you're familiar with that, a robot voice. And this robot voice um, identifies itself as DEI-98 of the planet UMO. And they, again, they give all this scientific information. And that seems to be a pattern. All the entities have like several letters in their name, followed by a number, different numbers, which is, uh, of course, a stereotype found in, in uh, pulp science fiction. Anyway, some people believe these letters. Some people are skeptical. This thing just keeps growing and growing, and it goes on for years. And... You know, they're, they're, they're engineers, they're scientists that believe in these letters. And this goes on for decades. And to this day, there are people who believe, especially big group in France, a UMO group, that believe that these uh, letters are absolutely authentic, uh, even though, you know, they were so outlandish. You know, why would extraterrestrials write postal letters? And with all kinds of mistakes. And, um, okay, one of these phone calls from DE, DEI 98 announces that there's going to be a UFO event. Hmm. Tells Fernando Sesma there's going to be a UFO event, the UFOs will appear, they will land, give some information. Okay, so everybody's excited, naturally. They go out to this location. They don't see anything. They go there on the specific day and time. They see nothing. The next day, there, there's an article in the newspaper. There are photographs all over the newspapers of this UMO UFO that I described with the Frisbee-type effect, a disc with a gigantic oversized UMO symbol. But nobody saw it. Uh, it's all like in the newspapers, though. So everybody assumed, wow, that must be real, you know, because it was in the newspaper. So this continues on for years. Uh, for example, you know, one little episode was um, uh, at that time they thought there was going to be World War Three, uh, which sounds uh, familiar now. Uh, but uh, the uh, the uh, uh, representatives of the planet UMO informed uh, the. Uh, uh, the Spanish uh, group that um, they had an underground bunker that people could go to in the event of World War III. But not everybody could go. They had to select specific members of their family to go. And of course, this caused a lot of trauma with the people who believed this story. So this went on and on for decades. And there's even... Um, a French phys physicist today who st still believes that these letters were authentic. But finally, there was a man who came forward, Hord uh, Horden Pina. Horden Pina was a science teacher, an engineer, uh, and he confessed. He said he was the author of the UMO affair. He created the letters, 
And why a psychological experiment? Mm. And, uh, of course, there was a big uh, reaction to that controversy. Uh, certain people believed his confession. There were people who did not believe his confession. Their attitude was, oh, no, that's not true. The government or the intelligence agencies are making uh, Senor Pina uh, confess. It's not true. It is real. So to this day, despite his confession and going into detail on it, how he did it, uh, and recently his daughter uh, has uh, also confirmed the hoax, uh, there's still people today that believe it. So I guess one moral from the story is once a hoax is created, how no matter how ridiculous, it never dies. Well, considering also the amount of letters that were sent, uh, uh, pictures, phone calls, it's 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 hard to believe that that he was alone was doing this. He must have had help. Yeah, that that was one of the speculations uh, that other people helped him, but he was a very intelligent guy. Now you can imagine this was pre-internet. But, you know, as a science teacher, engineer, uh, he probably got all the scientific journals. Uh, and so he had a lot of material to work with. Uh, he was also the uh, head of the Spanish, of a, a Spanish uh, uh, parasy uh, para uh, parapsychological society. Um, the guy was a super intelligent, uh, and, but he was crafty. Uh, to him, this was a, a gigantic joke. Uh, and it went further than that. I mean, there was actually a case where one of the people he sent letters to, he convinced this guy to take his money and invest in a company that he had created. Hmm. A company set up to develop one of the UMO, uh, alleged UMO uh, scientific uh, inventions. And, of course, that was nonsense. But he got the guy to invest a good deal of money uh, in this uh, proposed um, project. So there you know, all kinds of manipulations like that. Yeah, people have speculated, well, he didn't, you know, he didn't have the expertise to do all these letters. But they're mistakes. There's scientific errors in the letters that scientists have discovered. So um, the... Uh, and he is also speculated to have been involved in some other hoaxes, too. There was a later uh, Spanish abduction case, the uh, Julio Efe uh, case. And Jordan Pina was involved in that. He hypnotized the abductee. Um, and, there was this, and this was a, in the 70s, late 70s. And it's speculated that he created this whole scenario of an abduction with a different group of extraterrestrials, not the not the uh, Umo group. He said that this was a, 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 in quotation marks, a psychological experiment. Did he ever go and write up anything about this or was he just doing this for his you know, own giggles? Before we answer the giggles. We don't want you to giggle about this stuff. But we've got Peter and Gene and Tim, you're in. The Pericast. 
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 
1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free, 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, Tim asked a question of our guest, Peter Shelley. Peter, go on, please. Well, again, he, uh, Horton Pena, uh, I, I uh, would compare him to um, the fictional pulp uh, character, Dr. Mabusa, hmm. who uh, manipulated people, who psychologically uh, manipulated people to commit crimes, to do his bidding, this was kind of a uh, James Bondian type villain that appeared in movies and novels. So I think he was kind of like that. He was a very crafty character. He had a, a superior attitude. You know, people that believed in UFOs, you know, are very gullible. And he wanted to prove that. Now, why did he confess? Because this was in the 60s. He didn't confess, I think it was in the night till the ni- mid 90s. And why did he let it go on so long? Why did he ever confess? Well, at that time, the uh, UMO hoax started to mutate. Other individuals and, ho- and groups of hoaxers started to use his creation to uh, do other hoaxes. For example, there was a uh, medical doctor, a quack medical doctor, who claimed he was using uh, UMO information, knowledge, and technology to cure people, and he was getting patients, and of course, that was a disaster, and it also degenerated further. There was uh, some kind of a sick cult that started to, uh, to use his information, so he started to get repulsed about all these copycats that were making his original creation look really bad. So he said that was part of his uh, inspiration to to confess. But to this day, you can find an UMO groups continuing, and oh no, it's all real. And they cataloged these hundreds of letters, and it's like a, like a, a holy Bible of sorts, you know all this information to them. So that was something that really uh, kind of impressed me and something that uh, that a lot of people in the United States don't know about. It sounds like that the guy had, a, you know, like a little bit of a uh, sociopathic bend to himself to go through all this trouble to perpetrate this hoax just so he could sit back and feel superior. You know, here's all these stupid UFO believers, and and I created it all. <laughs> and it wasn't superficial. He created the whole culture of this other planet, uh, you know, the society that they had. You know, there was a lot of detail that went into it. So um, it, it was an impressive uh, creation. There, yeah, there's speculation. Other people are involved. There's speculation even that uh, intelligence agencies were involved in producing this uh, operation or this hoax. So um, 
anyway, that was uh, uh, really interesting to find out about that. And uh, I wanted to ask you just a uh, 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 really quick while we well while we have this, I've got we've got a question from uh, one of our listeners, and this is from uh, Richard Hawkins. And you know, you were talking earlier about um, how investigators, researchers in the United States, you know, tend to concentrate more on you know English language uh, reports. What about uh, uh, Japan? What uh, what about sightings? In in Japan, I mean, I I know I've looked into a few, but of course the the language barrier is daunting, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of of, of good you know translations uh, from uh, Japanese to English on, on just a lot of fascinating cases. Well, you want me to jump to that? Um, that's that happened a little bit later. I did some other interviews in between, but if you prefer, I can jump to Japan. Yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead and do that, and then we can. Uh, okay. Then we can go back and uh, uh, go into to other stuff as well. I just want to make sure that I I mentioned, I think I mentioned briefly that uh, Luis R. Gonzalez, the guy I interviewed, has written a novel about the Umo case, and you can find it in Amazon, and it follows the case uh, closely, uh, and um, that would be interesting for people who want to look in more into that. Uh, for, I think it's only in Spanish at this point. I'm not sure if it's available in English. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he is much more an authority on this uh, Umo affair than I am. So let's go to Japan. Yeah. Yeah, one of my thoughts was um, to interview somebody in Japan because, you know, when do we hear anything about Japan? Now, there are a few cases that we hear about whenever Japan is talked about, it's always the Japan cargoes, cargo flight. Uh, that's one of the cases that's talked about. There are a couple of others that are repeated. There's never any new information, any other cases discussed. Yeah, so what, um, let me uh, begin by saying this was also a very difficult uh interview to do to get to contacts so i started out by contacting there's a major uh, magazine in japan called mu magazine uh which is uh, about ufo and the paranormal it's a japanese monthly magazine i contacted them they gave me some uh, names of people to talk to uh and uh, a, a top researcher in japan who did not speak English. Uh, I worked for him for a long time, and um, he decided after, I guess, about a year, we worked together with one other person, and uh, the interview kind of fell through. I'm, you know, again, I don't know why that happened. Um, so, um, anyway, I wound up. Uh, interviewing a guy named Watsu Uso in Japan. And he is a Japanese UFO researcher and author. He's in Tokyo. And he speaks excellent English. And it was a real breakthrough because um, this is possibly, it was possibly the first time, this is only a month ago, a Japanese ufologist, English-speaking, currently living in Japan, has been interviewed by an English language podcast. Um, But we avoided the most famous cases. So instead, 
I wanted to. Um, was there a question? No, no, you're you're working on the question now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I wanted to avoid the most famous cases, uh, and I wanted to get my hands on a to to be able to research this topic, a basic chronology of cases, UFO cases in Japan. Uh, I was I was never able to find one, hmm. uh, and I thought that was you know uh, first base to to proceeding with this topic. And the closest thing I was able to find was a Japanese uh, book, uh, and the English uh, title would be UFOs in Japan by Takeo Akita, published in 1974. And um, it had some cases in there that hadn't been discussed before. Um, now, in Japan, there were some um, early UFO groups. Uh, the first one was the Japan Flying Saucer Research Association, established by Kenichi Ari in 1955. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. And the other group was the Cosmic Brotherhood Association, uh, established by Yusuke Matsumura. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that name. And, um, yeah, he... Um, now, what is interesting, one of the details I found interesting is that a number of UFO celebrities of that time visited his group and gave talks. For example, um, George Hunt uh, Williamson. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, very boy. controversial. Um, uh, 1950s contactee, uh, flying saucer contactee. He went and spoke at their uh, events, event, and this would have been um, uh, in the early 60s. Um, and there were other celebrities that went there and gave talks. And what was interesting is that uh, I discovered that uh, this group was into ancient alien theory way before Von Daniken ever appeared. Let's do our break here. We've got more with Peter, Gene, and Tim. You're in. Of the Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com.
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This gentleman, Yusuke Matsumura, he used to send out English language publications from Japan that I received in the 60s and 70s, as I recall. Peter, go ahead. Yeah, now that what was interesting about this group is the Cosmic Brotherhood Association was that it seemed to have a lot of money behind it. Um, in the 60s, they bought, they um, created a huge UFO park, Hyopira Park. It was a UFO temple complex that they built in the 60s. Obviously, there was a lot of money behind it. I don't know how, how they got that, but um, I guess... One of their ideas was to use this temple uh, to contact UFOs. And even maybe even there's illustrations showing UFOs landing uh, at their uh, complex. Um, I think that this was their intention to have something like that happen. But there was a lot of controversy because the Cosmic Brotherhood Association had this theory that there was going to be a catastrophe uh, in the early 60s, um, a, a shift of the uh, Earth's axis that was going to cause a um, worldwide catastrophe. And they had a date for this event and expectation that it was going to happen. And, of course, it didn't, fortunately. And there was a lot of reaction negative reaction because of that and uh, so that was a kind of interesting de- some interesting details on that now one of the cases that i discovered from this uh, japanese ufo book which uh watsu Uso translated word for word the the cases some of the cases uh i discovered there was uh, and he told told me about a 1952 mass UFO sighting over Tokyo Bay. Uh, dozens of UFOs in formation over Tokyo Bay. And this is similar to a... Um, it, my first reaction was similar to the... Uh, what is the Texas event, um, incident that was uh, in the 19th... Was it 57? Lubbock, Texas? Lubbock Lights. 
Yeah, yeah that well, there was this similar event in Texas uh, formation. It looked almost identical. And that was interesting. Now, the uh, he mentioned some other cases. Um, and now it was difficult, you know, finding cases to talk about because I didn't want to repeat the ones that we always hear about Japan. Uh, now, he did tell me, and I want to follow up on this, it sounds like an amazing contactee-abductee story in Japan. He told me, and he said, hey, you want to interview this guy? And I said, sure. He says he met this guy, uh, an apple farmer in Japan, who claims he had contact, abductions. Now, here's the unique twist. He, was, he claims he was in a UFO, and there were other humans in this UFO, that we sometimes hear, okay? But there was two other people in this UFO with him. One, he perceived to be a man who was in the military because of his haircut. And I think the other person was a woman, if I remember correctly. Uh, and the unique thing is this, this woman, this other person is still alive and living, I believe, in Europe. So what I want to do is follow up on this and also interview this other person for confirmation. Uh, and that's about all I know at this point. I am very skeptical of contactee stories. I'm interested in contactee stories, very interested. That's one of my biggest interests. But I treat most kind of very critically and, you know, kind of like a form of science fiction. Uh, I have looked into many, many contactee cases, and actually there's only one that easily comes to mind that's been in the public. I think maybe there's some reality, validity to it, and that's the Dorothy Isaac case, um, and which was in British Columbia, which is another story. But anyway, Japan, um, yeah, that was uh, something that I am proud of doing. Um, and, you know, why don't we, uh, I think there's more information from Japan that I want to get, but it's been difficult. And I also wanted to do a, a Chinese, something about China. I got a book about Chinese UFOs and with a Chinese author. And I haven't been able to track down the author. I think he's uh, passed on, unfortunately. But, um... Yeah, I want to continue to also do interviews with Asian countries. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, yeah, the Chinese government makes it rather difficult to try to trade information back and forth between, you know, uh, Western researchers and, and Chinese researchers. Yeah, my my understanding is uh, they do allow some UFO information, but it has to be of a scientific nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want anything like they get squirrely, they they get upset, they they uh, censor stuff, you know, some of the contacting information if it seems spiritual, because they, you know, are not looking to get any, um, create any uh, groups that could be in opposition to the government. So there's all kinds of situations like that or problems. The uh, but I did get a good book on the topic, and um, I would like to follow up that in the future because, I mean, that's 
And I was actually working on a Russian and Ukrainian Ukrainian interviews just before the war, if you can mm. believe that. Mm. And they've been put on hold. Um, so I have been reaching out to countries that we don't normally hear from. Um, now, can I go back to uh, the sequence here in the interviews? Were, were there any more Japanese questions? No, sure. Go for it. Uh, now, Luis Gonzalez in Spain, um, he uh, told me I should interview Patricio Abuslemi Hoffman in Chile. Why? Because he had written a book about the most famous UFO case in Chile, uh, the UFO case of Corporal Armando Valdez, uh, or uh, as a Cabo Valdez. This was a, um, a case that happened in um, 1977. Um, eight soldiers encountered uh, UFOs, and one vanished for 15 minutes, uh, Valdez, and he reappeared with total amnesia. Uh, he had a full beard and an altered watch. Uh, that was the... Uh, uh, the high points of this incident. Now, I interviewed Patricia, uh, and he had written, he had done field research, he had interviewed uh, dozens of witnesses, original witnesses on this case. He did an amazing investigation. Uh, he's a formal jur a journalist, and he currently uh, works for the uh, Chilean uh, UFO um, uh, organization, CEFA, uh, which actually uh, takes UFO reports and um, investigates them. Uh, but they will only take uh, photographic cases. Hmm. Um, now, he had written this book, which I read, and um, I was very impressed. Now, the basics of this case... Um, like this, if you imagine we're in uh, northern uh, Chile, uh, the border with uh, Peru, and it's night, it's in a desolate area, um, and we're in an area where uh, there are gigantic horse stables. We will find out how gigantic with Peter, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out 
out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe. But some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like West Nile virus and Zika virus. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at PestWorld.org. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you, buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Not being a horse person, Peter, what do you mean by gigantic? Well, hundreds of horses. Hundreds of horses, several hundred horses. This was a, a secret military horse cavalry unit to be used in the event of a war. Uh, at that time in 1977, uh, Chile was 
apprehensive because they thought maybe there would be a war with uh, Peru and Bolivia. Um, so they had these soldiers um, kind of guarding this uh, horse stable. So imagine at night, you have these horse stables. The only sound is these soldiers singing around a campfire. It's night. There's stars in the sky. It's a very desolate area. There's no trees. It's kind of like desert almost. Um, and then there's this object that comes down from the sky. One of the soldiers notices it and points it out. So this situation continues to evolve. And there turns out to be two objects, brilliant um, lights. And these lights are very close to the ground, and they get closer and closer. The soldiers get more and more nervous and to a point of a panic. And the horses react. The horses have a very unusual reaction. These horses get one behind the other in a line. Uh, they also have a dog, which uh, is normally aggressive, which, um, which hides. So this situation escalates. Uh, the UFOs remain at a distance, uh, but the soldiers get more and more scared. Corporal Valdez shouts at the object, you know, to identify itself. It, there's no reaction. And then Valdez actually leaves the group, which are, you know, they're totally terrified. He leaves a group for some reason, and he heads in the direction of the UFO, the closest UFO, which is just, you know, almost on the ground. He disappears. The story is that he disappears for 15 minutes. They don't know where the heck he is. Where is, where is Corporal Valdez? Fifteen minutes later, he reappears. He stumbles back into the camp and mumbling something incoherently, and he collapses. The soldiers uh, notice that the previously, uh, you know, correctly shaven uh, corporal now has a full beard on his face. And later... Uh, they discover that his watch, the time on his watch, has altered to to five days in the future. So that's now this this story, you know, grew from there. Uh, it got into the uh, the newspapers in Chile, and uh, there was a lot of attention. Uh, Valdez was sent to a military hospital and examined. So. This is uh, now uh, Patricio. He went and interviewed the surviving witnesses. He went all over Chile. Uh, he interviewed Valdez. He interviewed other people. Now, here's the thing: the the uh, with the exception of Valdez, the the stories of the other witnesses never changed. You know that they saw this object, that it was a real event. They were scared. They never changed their story. Valdez has changed his story over the years. Um, he, he claimed that the story of the full beard was not true, uh, that he had a beard prior to um, showing up that day, which, of course, would be uh, out of, uh, against, uh, you know, military regulations. He claimed that he had problems with the watch, that it wasn't really altered, so he changed his story over the years. 
uh, and uh, but the other people never. Uh, and this story did uh, get a lot of attention. Um, other episodes that happened um, later, Valdez, there was a man in, a men in black episode where Valdez was visited uh, when he was in the military after this event by uh, individuals that um, claimed they were from another planet and they questioned him and uh, they questioned him about a symbol uh, and Valdez had in his wallet he had an H <laughs> not the same H that we were talking about earlier the homo symbol just a, an H okay he said he always carried that in his wallet, this H, and that um, they had a discussion about that. And apparently, there was some significance that I didn't find discover uh, about this H, because he had the habit, he had the H in his wallet that he carried with him. He would, like when he was uh, just relaxing at a, a dinner table or whatever, uh, make an H with uh, food crumbs. Uh, things like that. There was some significance, and, and I never discovered what that was. So this is an amazing case, I think. Now, I contacted, this is interesting, I contacted a woman, Dr. Angela Thompson-Smith, who's a uh, specialist in remote viewing. And I thought it would be interesting to see if her student, she, she trains people to be remote viewers, could remote view this event. And she agreed to do it. And they were given uh, the uh, this event as a blind target. And the results were amazing. The, the students described perfectly the terrain of this incident. They described the horses. And of course, this is without knowing, not having the information. And later they did... Uh, convey some information about entities that were in the object, hmm. non-human type entities. Um, now, there is speculation that maybe this was a uh, military incursion uh, because of this uh, tension with uh, Peru and Bolivia, that maybe there was uh, a helicopter that came into this area and uh, captured uh, Valdez for 15 minutes, uh, but there was no sound. Uh, the object appeared to be uh, a light, but also they could see a form of a disc with red lights on either side. So there was no sound that would suggest a helicopter. Of course, there's the uh, stealth-type helicopters, um, the uh, the now uh, so yeah that was interesting the the remote viewing experiment with Angela Thompson that the students got the locations you know I should tell you Peter that we did a remote viewing experiment with a British person Dodge Smith years ago it was successful but and I'll answer the but in a moment we have. Peter, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. USA News Update. Police in Florida say that a woman shot her terminally ill husband while he was at a hospital yesterday. Police say the victim, Jerry Gillen, already knew of the plan. His wife, Ellen, shot him once in the head before barricading herself in the room while police tried to negotiate with her. They say at no time did she make threats to police or hospital staff, but she refused to drop the weapon. Police say Ellen was very distraught by the entire situation. She's very sad. This is obviously... uh It's a tough situation. So her husband's terminally ill, so she was already in a depressed state just based on her husband being terminally ill and knowing that the end was near. She was taken into custody. No one else was injured. I'm Dave Collins. Forget about drugs. The booty now is eggs. High prices driving an increase in attempts to bring eggs into the U.S. from Mexico. Corey Myers, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management.
Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. The but being that he got into a flame war in our forum. I think he was banned. And I wrote to him again not too long ago. Hey, could we talk about it? I did not get a response. So it was good and bad. It was good that the tests appeared to be successful. Bad that we couldn't pursue it further. Yeah, I'm still, you know, it's not, the results were not now, the, the most clear results were with the terrain, getting that correctly. That was surprising. The horses, uh, the environment so well. and But the other information, that there were entities of a non-human type, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, with the large heads. Now, um, Patricio had speculated that there had been, another scenario was a military incursion with a helicopter and that the entities inside the object were actually, you know, humans wearing helmets, the large um, helicopter helmets. Um, you know, that's another scenario. But my feeling is that this was an anomalous event. Why do I say that? Well, partly because of the animal reaction. Animals do not, re- do not hallucinate UFOs. So they don't show fear if there's nothing there, usually. The reaction of the horses, the fact the the soldiers, with the exception of Valdez, never changed their story. Um, Now, a famous, uh, another famous UFO researcher went to Chile after this event and met with uh, Pinochet, the uh, dictator of Chile, and got from him documents on this case, but he has never released them. We don't know, including medical reports. Now, Patricio did get one page of a medical report. They confirmed that he was in the hospital, military hospital at that time, after the event. But the other information has never been released. Um, So, uh, now I'd like to talk about, if I could, um, UFOs in Hungary. I interviewed uh, Laszlo Mishkotsi, who's a uh, UFO, a young UFO researcher in Hungary. Doesn't speak English, um, but I managed to communicate with him. And his story is uh, very interesting. He has written a book based on uh, Hungarian military UFO files. He is the first researcher in Hungary to gain access to those files. And um, his big interest, also not only military cases, but contactees in Hungary. Now, the material in Hungary, seemed that there seemed to be two types that he discovered. Uh, a UFO file on a specific Hungarian UFO researcher, uh, Komen von Kavesky, 
Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember him. Yeah, he he was a famous uh, UFO researcher. Um, and he is interesting. His, his story is interesting because now he actually lived in the United States. He worked for the United Nations in the photo department. But he was always creating these proposals to the UN to investigate UFOs. Um, and he did several uh, very advanced proposals uh, to the UN. Unfortunately, they never uh, they never uh, went forward with any of them. But he was before, way before, all the current wave of uh, UN attempts to to have an investigation at that level. Anyway, uh, Laszlo discovered that the uh, Hungarian uh, state security was monitoring him closely, uh, had uh, many reports about him, his activities. Why? They were not interested in UFOs as an extraterrestrial possibility. They were interested in um, Kavetsky because they thought he was a spy for the U.S., that's why they were monitoring him. And they thought that it was just a cover, UFOs were just a cover for passing information to the U.S. on, for example, Hungarian military operations. So that was the angle on that. Now, the other files were dealing with military cases in Hungary. Uh, they've had incidents uh, and maybe the most interesting one, spectacular one, was an incident where um, there was a military base and there were humanoids saying, humanoids that appeared not to have any arms. Uh, of course, this could be, you know, a, 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 a problem with the visibility. But it struck me because I discovered similar cases in Italy where there were reports of humanoids, which I want to follow up on that. Humanoids appearing in Italy uh, with no arms. A detail never explained. So um, so that was very interesting. Um, and... Yeah, I, I am particularly intrigued by Eastern Europe, uh, more so before this war started, because now it's more difficult. But Eastern Europe, you know, there's a lot of information there that hasn't reached us. You know, what's going on? So well, what's the big draw for information? I mean, everything's happening in the United States, right? The United States is the center of the universe. Mm, no. I think we need we can learn things from cases overseas. We can, can compare them and see the differences. Um, now, one difference that uh, that I discovered in interviewing um, Luis, Luis Gonzalez in Spain was that um, contrary to uh, so many small humanoid reports that the United States generates, uh, Spain has a lot of uh, cases of giants. Uh, so that's a, a little a little detail that's different. Um, after Laszlo, I did the uh, Japanese interview. Uh, 
And that brings me to the most recent interview. Uh, really excited about this uh, contact. Uh, Lorena Gisela uh, Serrata, uh, UFOs in Argentina. Now, she doesn't, she didn't speak English. I got Patricio in Chile to, uh, to translate. And I'm so excited about this contact. Uh, why? Because, um, well, let me explain. She doesn't, Lorena does not consider herself a UFO researcher. She does not describe herself as such. Uh, she describes herself as a broadcaster of the phenomena that gives voice to the witnesses. So well, why am I so impressed? Well, she's done spectacular work in locating original witnesses who have vanished for years. Um, she speaks directly to the witnesses. She uh, takes them to, uh, to be interviewed and um, gives presentations with them. And these are witnesses that have gone out of their way to hide, to vanish from the public. People have told her, oh, you'll never find so-and-so, he's dead. Or you'll never find so-and-so, he doesn't want to appear in public. These people have been, have, have vanished for years. They do not. So why is that significant? Because to me, it adds credibility. Let us break here. We'll have more credibility in just a moment. And one final segment with Peter before he appears with the After the Paracast podcast. With Peter, Gene, and Tim, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. <clears throat> okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Okay, 25,000 cheering extras. 
Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492. 800-509-4492. That's 800-509-4492. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So to remind our listeners, we have The Paracast Plus, our streaming service, And Peter will be back for that as well after we finish the main episode. Peter Shelley joining us. He's exploring foreign UFO cases in rather explicit detail, talking about witnesses who up and disappear evidently because they felt embarrassed by it all. I know that when James Fox was doing his film Moment of Contact, about the Virginia case, he had to do a little bit of work to locate the witnesses he needed to interview. Go ahead, Peter. I guess I'm trying to say that I, I, to me, that gives them a little bit more credibility. The fact that they have not been uh, seeking public attention, that they've tried to avoid it. They're not doing paid speaking engagements, making money from uh, movie and book deals. So, for example, Dionisio uh, Yanka. This is a case that has gotten uh, international attention. In 1973, Dionisio was a truck driver transporting materials in Argentina. He had a, a flat tire. He stopped his truck, got out, was changing the tire. There was uh, a flash of illumination. 
and three figures appeared, humanoids. The figures were described as humanoid, two men and one woman. They were uh, basically uh, described as being a human in appearance. However, do you remember the movie? Kind of the description reminds me a little bit of, the, do you remember the classic science fiction movie? You have to remember this. This Island Earth, an absolute masterpiece, which had aliens that had hair, but they had a super enlarged forehead, and they were able to uh, walk amongst us. Of course, a large forehead must remind us of Klingons. I remember the film, and I liked most of it, but the end, it was kind of a space monster on the loose scene, and I thought that was a little bit overdoing it. Well, yeah, there, there was some, to me, it, it, the, the description reminded me a little bit about that. There are illustrations that other people made. They had the large foreheads. They had some kind of a hair, like blonde hair. They had different kind of eyes, more of a kind of an Asian effect. They approached uh, Dionisio, who was changing his uh, truck tire, and one of them picked up Dionisio by the neck and held him up in the air, uh, and they were, uh, and then sent him back down. Um, and then one of the entities had a device that he uh, placed on Dionisio's hand, and he thinks extracted uh, blood. Then he passed out. He had total amnesia after this. He woke up in a hospital. He couldn't even remember his name. He was in a panic. He didn't. He kept asking what city he was in. Uh, he didn't know uh, where he was, who he was. And then some UFO uh, investigators came. Now, I am still unclear, and I want to follow up on this. Where did the idea first um, originate that UFOs had anything to do with this? Okay, it's not clear. It may have come from the media or from somebody other source, because he couldn't even remember his name in the beginning. So um, a famous uh, UFO researcher in Argentina came to see him and research the uh, case. There was uh, regression done. And what is controversial about this phase is that he injected uh, Dionisio with a truth serum repeatedly. This, in the present day, this is uh, considered uh, controversial, uh, you know, to the, the point that he, you know, people speculate that he was abused, you know, that this investigator overdid it. Now, supposedly there was uh, information that came out that he was in the UFO, uh, in a UFO, and that other things happened. Dionisio has no conscious memory of anything inside of a UFO. There's a lot of uh, illustrations that appear in books, in the media, that show him inside a UFO interacting with the aliens, and he claims he has no memory of this at all. So I, would, I am in the process of finding out what, you know, what part is fiction and what part does he really remember. It seems like a... Other people added detail to his case. Now, he, he vanished for years. But Lorena is somebody who is never gives up. She uh, just relented. She's like a, de uh, a detective, a professional detective. She tracks these people down. 
she talks to the to the pueblo plumber you know different people she gets leads and she she spends months tracking people down even years maybe um so this really impresses me yeah and i and i would like people to check out my shows uh, on youtube shadowy spectrums uh, shadowy with a y and uh, you know take a look at some of these interviews and uh, there will be more in the in the near future and i'm really excited about this year i plan to go all out with my my international interviews and uh, continue to do this and be more productive it's now or never and it's going to be now so um, what what are you hoping, uh, uh, what are you seeing as, uh, you know, maybe some uh, future guests that uh, you, you hope to have on? Do you have anybody, any names in particular that you can uh, leak out to us? Well, the people that I'm working with are virtually unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the reason I'm working with them, because they haven't been discussed before. I mean, I'm still working with uh, somebody, a Russian and I hope to turn that, uh, do that interview shortly. And uh, of course, you know, that, that was disrupted by the situation over there. Yeah, there's other people that I, I plan to follow up with Lorena. And of course, she doesn't speak English. Now, Patricio uh, translated for me, but he is moving to the United States. So... Um, that's a big problem with a lot of these people. They don't speak English, so I have to find translators. My son is an expert in Spanish. We'll have to get you guys together, okay? Hey, Peter, tell our listeners if they want to know more about the things you do, where can they check you out? Well, on YouTube, Shadowy Spectrums, S-H-A-D-O-W-Y, Spectrums with an S, uh, that's where I have the uh, the interviews I've done so far. I'm on Facebook, Peter William Shelley, holding up the uh, auto binder uh, saucer novels, so you can uh, you can find me that way. And uh, that's about it. I don't have a website. Consider yourself lucky not to have a website. That can be a big pain sometimes. Hey, you can find us. Speaking of pains, on Twitter as the Paracast. And once again, we don't know what's going to be happening with Twitter with, you know, who in charge. We then, of course, have a presence on Facebook. Two presences, but they will not let us post the URL, theparacast.com. And our friend Tim Swartz can't post conspiracyjournal.com. I guess we have information they do not want us to know. I have no idea. But you can check out the Paracast on Facebook. We also have branded merchandise if you check out theparacast.shop or theparacast.store. Either one points to the same place with the logos, the t-shirts, the throw pillows, and all sorts of other good stuff. And don't forget the Paracast Plus, our streaming service. We offer the After the Paracast podcast, where Peter Shelley will be back with more discussion. We also give you this show without the network ads. We take them out. 41, 42 minutes of network ads just goes on just like if you get the ad-free version of paramount plus or something go to the paracast.plus the paracast.plus and a special deal if you use the coupon code ufo20 ufo20 we give you a 20 percent discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions the paracast.plus 
Peter Shelley, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. And and thank you for um, inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic talking to you guys. I see UFOs as a beautiful, truly beautiful mystery. I don't buy this a threat scenario. It's mysterious. It's strange. It's beautiful. But I don't perceive it as a threat. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.